Welcome to the She Is podcast. Come join us as we share with each other the stories that make us who we are. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged to keep boldly writing your story. Hey guys, today I have with me Sherry Ely, and um, she is special to me because I prayed for her for months before I knew her. And uh, she is actually um, my husband John's executive assistant. And um, I had some very specific things that I prayed for for John um, in getting an assistant. And when I met Sherry, I just knew uh, that she was she was the one. Okay. <laughs> so, but all that to say, I'm just so thankful for you and um, just excited for John to be able to work with you and um, and for God bringing you to our church. So. Um, would you mind just introducing yourself a little bit? Sure. Like Anne said, my name is Sherry. And now that I know she is responsible for me being here, we'll talk after this. Um, we uh, came back to Graceway. We've been here full time um, about a, a little over a year now. Um, Part time the year before that, after a 20 year stint in the Northwest. Um, our daughter is here. Uh, my in-laws are in Olathe. Um, This has been home since the time I was 12 until we moved to the Pacific Northwest. And we have a son with his family in Charlottesville, Virginia. So this feels like the place that God wants us at this moment. And, and you have two grandbabies? I do. They're the best, uh, Hazel and Louisa. They are going into fourth grade and second grade. And they are the best no matter what anybody says about their other grandchildren. Those two are the best. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear your story today um, just for the impact going forward and uh I'm just, are you willing to read it right now? Um, So Graceway is my spiritual home, the place where I gave my life to Christ. I was discipled and I learned to serve others. Our family spent 10 years here before God moved us to Vancouver, Washington to open up a Sheridan's frozen custard store. Yum. Uh, He started separating us two years before the move, but we didn't know where he was taking us until about a year into the process. But that story is for another time. Uh, The years passed. Our kids were launched into adulthood. We served in Gateway, our local church. It still gets really confusing with the names. Um, And then in 2020, COVID hit. Uh, We were able to quarantine and live with our son, his wife, and their five and six-year-old daughters in Seattle for a couple of two-month stints. On the left coast, the prevailing strategy was masking and social distancing. But make no mistake, it was a difficult and polarizing time, even in our church. It just seemed that a lot of Christians we knew had forgotten how to love their neighbors as themselves, and a lot of the Bible as well. It was a really discouraging time. So in late March of 2021, Scott and I decided to drive to Kansas City and rent an Airbnb for two months. We hadn't seen his elderly parents or our daughter in well over a year. At the time, as the time was coming to a close, our daughter had gotten into the habit of sending us listings of places to buy. I guess she was really happy to have us in the same city again. Uh, We toyed with the idea of buying a condo and splitting our time between the two cities, but we weren't really ready to commit yet. However, on the way back home, we stopped in Seattle, where our son told us that their family was moving to Virginia in a few months. So six days later, our daughter sent us a listing for a house in Kansas City, and three days later, our offer, one of nine, was accepted. God had never moved that fast before. It took him two years to take us to the Pacific Northwest and just over a week to bring us back. We weren't sure why yet, but we knew enough to listen and follow his leading. Our intention was to pick up, fix up the new house and offer it on Airbnb when we weren't there. 
We'd spend several months in each place at a time. It sounded perfect. But then in the fall of 2021, coming off a rough time as a leader, I took uh, this women's study virtually to just be a participant and catch my breath. After the first session, a leader reached out to me to be a group facilitator. I was really conflicted, but Scott just looked at me and said, God knows this is exactly what you need. And they were both right. At the end of the semester, I was asked to provide feedback with a few other leaders right before we headed back to Vancouver. I'd first taken this study in 1996. It was really foundational in my life. Um, it gave me the freedom to be exactly who God created me to be. Over the next years, I felt strongly that it needed to be rewritten to be more inclusive and more relevant to the next generation. The principles were the same, but the approach wasn't. It turns out the ministry leader had been praying for some time about a woman to hand it off to for the next season. I had been praying about what was next. We decided to sell our Vancouver home and move to Kansas City full-time in February 2022. A week later, I accepted the role to lead the ministry. Our team immediately began a six-month process of developing outlines for the new study. We came here full-time at the end of April 2022. We took an international trip in May, and in June, my husband Scott got hit by a car while on his bicycle. He lost his job in a restructuring move and uh, had an emergency crown. It's very clear that God had prepared the way for us and provided for us in all of those circumstances, despite the warfare from agreeing to head, head up a ministry. God also very unexpectedly provided me with a part-time job at Graceway with John in September 2022. I was able to rekindle some long-standing relationships and begin new ones. All this prepared me to begin the process of writing The Bridge this past February. A very gifted editor has taken my words and simply made them better. While some common threads remain, it is now for women in every situation. The lessons that we're going to cover are pursue godly thinking, love well, live blameless, manage wisely, respect positions, partner cohesively, and parent purposefully. Our team is so excited to get into this into women's hands, and we pray for meeting needs and changed lives. Now, we never intended to come back to Kansas City, even though we were here almost annually to see family and friends. Today, we see so many answers as to why and how God was working out every detail. He used the nearly 20 years away to refine us for his use, and we're grateful for all of it, and we're home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's first, as you're reading, I'm thinking about 2022. Oof. Yeah. That sounds like a rough year. It was really rough. Um, but the good thing about being older and uh, living with God for many years um, you learn to take those with a grain of salt. Like none of those things knocked us down. We'd been been through far worse, and we kind of expected some warfare. We didn't really have a lot going into the move. It just showed up all after we got here. So uh, yes, and those are just the things that I told you about. So sure, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There were more. Well, at the end of your story, you just talked about the refining process that you saw the Lord working in your life, and. Uh, I was just wondering if you could look back at your life and just see, maybe give us a couple ex examples of how the Lord did that. Yeah. Um, for those of you. Well, you were 35 when you were saved? Yes. Okay. I was 35. And we'd grown up in a church. We were Lutherans. We'd gone to church every Sunday. It was it was uh, very much a tradition and just part of what we did. Um, the personal relationship didn't come until later. It was just a box that we checked. You know, it wasn't. Um, especially meaningful. I didn't turn to him during hard times necessarily. Um, I had a lot of things that I just did on my own because 
I might be a control freak. So, yes. <laughs> Which yes. is great for an executive assistant. It is. It is. We'll see. <laughs> yes. So I think part of the refinement process is we left here in 2003, um, a very structured church, um, very purposeful, um, heavy into discipleship. And the Northwest is very not that way. Um, so God really used that time for us to understand, especially for me, my husband got it pretty early, but I didn't. It's like ministry is only if it's like in the directory someplace or it's on the church calendar. It like It's very structured. And God really used that time for the Holy Spirit to work in us and to understand that just living day by day, whoever we came in contact with was ministry. It didn't have to be a box that you checked. And so I think that was really nice for me to see. I mean, we had very little exposure to any other kind of religions. And so to come into um, a church search when we got to the, the Northwest um, and end up at the church that we had, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't using the version that we used to use. It wasn't um, anything like what we used to do. And it was a smaller church. And there was um, I think after the move, God just like said, okay, so now we're going to see if you can live all those things you've been teaching everybody for the last 10 years oh, and shine the light on us. And because we didn't know anybody, we didn't have, we had one couple that we knew. Um, God just used that time to bring a lot of things to light in our own lives. Um, our kids were teenagers. They were going into um, eighth and ninth grade mm-hmm. at a time when you'd normally be surrounded with friends and everything. Um, they weren't yet because of the move. And so it was a time for our family just to to hunker down and just be the four of us for the first year or so. Um, in Northwestern, the Northwest, they tend to be um, great once you can break through that barrier. You know, there's a while to, it takes a lot of time to get in. And so we were each other's support. And it was really great to be able to work on some of those things. And in, of course, a year after we got there, we opened the business, built it from the ground up had construction and and that brought a whole other element because the we opened the Sheridans to be able to generate income to support missionaries, kids at camp, um, not take a salary from it. So that spiritual element of us doing that in that city was also impactful. So all of the lessons that we learned through that. <laughs> were refining. Refine, yes, very refining. Well, um, I the theme that I see in your life is just how the Lord was leading you. But I know that that doesn't happen just by happenstance. And so no, I just would be curious if there's a time that you can think of where you didn't allow the Lord to lead you or maybe how the Lord matured you to be able to look for him. Yeah, I think part of that actually happened in Kansas City before we were before we left. Okay. Um as I mentioned, I'm a control freak. Um, with a lot of work, I've realized that my control issues really stem from fear. There was um, a couple of major events that happened in my childhood um, where uh, there was so- some abandonment due to a-, a car accident that my mom was in, so she wasn't always available. She would put a lot of medical issues from that point going forward and wasn't available, and I was eight at the time that the accident happened. So I learned pretty quickly that I'm the only person I can depend on and that doesn't bode well if you're trying to give your life up to Christ. Right. Um, and so I just learned that um, not to trust people, not to believe what they said, um, and just to control as much as I could for my own comfort out of fear that something bad was going to happen. And that 
think that was a prevailing theme for a while. I also had a difficult relationship with my dad. Um, and so I think that played into it too. I didn't have a great example of an earthly father. He would say the right things, but his actions didn't match his words. Um, I know now, oh, it's really confusing. And I know now that, um, he did the best he could and he's, he passed away right at the beginning of the pandemic and we were able to, um, just restore everything. And so probably a couple of years before he passed away, we were able to have the kind of relationship, not that I wanted, but it was needed so that when he did pass away, there was no regrets yeah. and he's saved and he's in heaven. And when, when I get there, we'll both be whole. So it'll be a lot different stories. So um, because of all that, I didn't necessarily trust things. And so um, part of the leading is a little bit of it was fear at the beginning, like, oh, if I don't do this, then God's going to smite me or he's going to, you know, it was a, a vision of God as a, a punisher. And um, I think we had spent so many time, so many years um, in the Lutheran church, not understanding what a relationship was that we didn't want to waste any more time. Our kids were three and four when we came to Christ and we just wanted to do whatever it took. I think at that point we had such a humble attitude about it and we saw as we grew and we were here enough people um, not making those choices and the consequences that happened to them that um, it was a really easy, it was easier for me to say yes and take my hands off. Now, I still struggle with getting my hands in it and, you know, yeah. trying to get ahead of it or, you know, come along for the ride, God, this is what we're going to do. But, um, but really, I've really learned that um, we've had to make some decisions around, like, we needed to stay in a church for a little bit until we could come and worship with, um, with not any resentment or bitterness towards some of the people that were on staff. Mm -hmm. And we stayed until God moved us to a different church. And we had, because we came to Christ at 35, we had some maturity behind us and we'd had some life experiences that made us, you know, once we trusted that this was it, this was real, then we trusted that the Lord was going to lead us where he needed to. Um, it was really difficult to wait for two years to figure out where we were going and yeah. what we were doing. But we just, we just knew, like we'd come in the building and we'd be invisible to everybody, but not in a mean way. We were just being separated. Um and it's it's kind of weird to explain it, and the same thing kind of happened on the other end, but it was it went much more quickly. Okay. So I just I just think with enough practice that, like I know that God's going to lead me wherever He leads me, and it's going to be fine because He's there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't make sense, and sometimes you scratch your head and go, "Really, this is what?" <laughs> um, and sometimes looking back, you can be like, "Oh, I can right. now understand." the deep like right. why you did this or right but when you're in it it is hard to see it's very hard to see but at the, like i said i think at that point if we had gotten to a place where we humbled ourselves enough to surrender our life to him then we were going to surrender our following to him too that it wasn't a major issue it just kind of creeps up on occasion to like oh are you sure are you sure i'm pretty sure god's sure yeah if, no. so yeah yeah work enough that yes he can trust he's he's in it mm-hmm so um, this study that we're talking about, um, how has that impacted your life? Can you tell me? Um, it is probably the most foundational thing that um, I did as a new Christian. Um, we did discipleship, um, but this was um, written by a woman um, really for, um, I guess, married women and moms. And for me, I didn't fit in the, the Christian box. I mean, I 
I was not a gentle, quiet soul. I did not sing in the choir. I oh, I didn't wear pearls to make dinner, and I, you know, I'm exaggerating, but I didn't realize. In reality, like, is somebody like me really going to be okay in in a church environment, or am I going to have to just zip it and be quiet and you know grit my teeth and knuckle it down? And it it's not that um, for me. And at the time, the study was more um, around Titus about um, aged women teaching younger women. And it's just the maturity um, and the the things that you need to know, but the freedom to apply that apply it the way the Holy Spirit and God is leading you to. Um, it's not like a one size fits all. And so because of that, um, it was hugely impactful. It We'd been married about 13 years at the time. We didn't have a bad marriage, but it really started the shifting of Scott's very laid back and I'm a control freak, as we mentioned. And so he didn't care about a lot of his decisions, so I just kind of mowed through it and did it, and he he was along with the ride. We agreed on most things, but in starting to turn over that um, that decision making to more to be more of a joint thing, and to be a little bit more respectful about how I did it, um, that study was hugely helpful for me. What I found difficult as we moved to the Northwest and in different culture. And as the years went by, it it started sounding a little bit dated, and it's it, it felt very um, not inclusive to women who are in different situations than being a mom and a wife, mm-hmm. um, which are great roles and God designed them, but it just felt like people were being left out on the sidelines. And so, um, I had some experiences trying to teach that study to women, and it didn't go really well. So when I came back, um, I took it here just to see how the culture changed. And, you know, is the culture different in Kansas City than the Northwest? It might be. Yeah. Um, and I had a similar experience, and I just felt like it was really time to sure. to make a change and make it more inclusive. And so that's what we're excited about. We had a team of eight of us that did this on Zoom for six months, and we just, we just collaborated and chewed on it and prayed over it um, and got – you know, bare bones outlines for all the sections that we wanted to have. And then um, after all the, the hoopla of our first year here, um, I started writing it, I think in February this year. And I'm writing the last section on parent purposefully now. And I'm very excited. We're really close. It's been edited and then it will go into um, a Bible study format, um, hopefully a Kindle. And I'd love to start training leaders for that this fall and kick it off in the spring. So that's kind of thing. And we've done all the sections. We've tested it with different age groups, um, different, um, I don't know, moms, not moms, singles, not singles, working moms, working singles. I mean, everything, every possible combination to see how it is being received. And we've gotten so much excitement about this and that people that previously have taken the other studies and didn't feel necessarily included are just really excited for it. And I think it's so necessary. We forget that, you know, we're as older women to teach younger women the principles. But, you know, we've come out of a season where when I took it, um, I was working part time, but I was kind of like made to feel like, well, if if you're sending your kids to public school and you're you're working part time, you don't love your kids. And now we've almost to the opposite, where if you stay at home with your kids or you homeschool them, people like, well, you should have a side hustle. You're wasting your talents. You're not you know, that's not a worthy vocation. And so I think we're to the point now where, you know what, that's between the families, the Holy Spirit, and as long as no biblical principles are being violated, we should support each other in it. That's what I'm hoping for the future for this 
to be able to do that. Yeah, to have boys yeah. and cheer in each other. Yeah, yeah. I'm good that. Yeah. So um, when you get it all written, mm-hmm. then you're hoping to train leaders. And what will that what will that look like? Will it be one to one, or will it be a group of people that go through it? Um, initially, this will be, um, and it's not going to be somebody standing up and lecturing at you. It's, okay. It's um, uh, an hour and a half slot right now where uh, for 15 minutes, we all kind of gather together and talk about the bigger picture of the lessons, not necessarily the content of the lessons. And then we break into small groups. I'm uh, hoping no more than four people in a group so that you can feel led to share, that it's not uncomfortable, that you feel like it's going to be kept confidential. And then um, we share about what went on that previous week. And then... So there's lessons. There's lessons. I did. Correct. Right. Okay. So let me kind of back up a little okay. bit. So the, the the sessions or the sections, the lessons, all have five parts to them. Um, so let's take Love Well. So if you come into Love Well, the very first thing that you're going to be looking at is, well, what is it? And there will be some scripture around that in, you know, in a section, a couple of in, uh, reflection questions to ask yourself. And then the next part of it is, how do you do it? Um, the next part of it is, what are the results when you do this? Love well. And then the fourth section is, what woman illustrates loving well in the Bible? And we give, you know, one example or two. And then the last thing is, what is your next step? What are you going to do now? Because it's great to learn the material, but it, it doesn't help at all. Right. An action step is mission critical. And for me, I look at this study as this is something that is not a one and done. You don't go through it and come out the other side like the perfect woman. You just don't. Um, you might take it two years from now. You might go through it again. You might take that study and then maybe do it with your neighbor or somebody in your small group one-on-one. Um, it's designed well to to be an exposure the first time as you go through it in a group. Um, I think the most change happens when you go through one-on-one with somebody uh, as part of a small group or whatever that looks like. Um, because not only are you helping the person that you're going through, but as a, somebody who took women through it multiple, multiple times, the change in my life came from that. Because God brings people together. It's funny. It's like, this is the issue that you have, Sherry, and this woman has it, but she's five years down the road with doing what you shouldn't be doing right now. And so it gives you a chance to learn from them as well. It's, oh, yeah. It's nobody is in a higher position than another. It's just very collaborative. And that's what I love about it. That's where life change comes from. And that's where relationships are built. Um, you know, I can't say enough. There's people that I've taken, I probably 25 people through it. And I bet 20 of them still in contact with. Oh, wow. And so, that so is that is that the thing that excites you most, or is there what what excites you most about Umbridge? Just because it's it's so inclusive, I feel like any woman can go through it. Um, we touch on um, especially in on partnering because we have a lot of women in this church that are divorced or have had different situations, and it's like we don't want that the circumstance of that uh, divorce. To put them in a corner for the rest of their lives, you're not valuable, you're yeah. not seen, you can't you aren't X, Y, Z. Yeah. Correct. And it's like, you know, we just talk about that. And for every section, there's a lot of questions. Um, we we talk about the, you know, the things that what you have to do. And for each have to do, there's a question that you get to answer. Now, you're not 
you're not, I'm not expecting that anybody answers all these questions in all of the lessons at the same time. It's like the Holy Spirit's going to really direct you to what questions to ask and answer. And so I think you'll learn a lot about that. And so that's why it's so good to go through it multiple times because you're dealing with different things at different points in your life. Sure. And it's just a great refresher and a reminder. And, and for me, it keeps me in the word. It keeps me accountable. It keeps me doing it. It's that extra impetus to not only model the behavior that I'm teaching, but to keep myself honest about how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a huge thing for me. And I also expect in five years that whoever's taken it or, you know, I'm, I'm like the bridge between the past and what's coming. And I know that God's going to raise up another woman in however many years. And maybe they'll need to rewrite then too to to sure. better fit the culture. It's like we don't have ownership over this. This is, you know, this is what God wants us to say at this time. And um, I I make a huge amount. Oh yeah, and I have a huge amount of respect from the people that came before me, and um, encouragement and support for that. And they're on board for this new version. That that means everything. Well, I'm super excited about the bridge, and yeah, and I know that you put a lot of hard work into it. Yes. Um, Yes. So um, I'm really looking forward to, you know, what God's going to do with it and being able to go through it myself. Um, And yeah, I just, if you're listening, I just would love for you to pray for Sherry as as she's finishing up the writing and um, just launching this ministry. Uh, Because I know that that, uh, the Lord has been really leading her and... um, and giving her direction in this. And, and we know that Satan, you know, sometimes wants to get in there. So if you could um, be willing to pray for her and, um, and start to get excited about what the Lord might be asking you to do um, with the bridge study uh, when it comes out this fall. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Graceway's She Is podcast. We pray that today's episode encouraged you and gave you hope for your own journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified about future episodes.